In all the time that I've been doing photography, there's two words I never thought I would put together. Rocket photographer. But that's what we're going to do today. This is Behind the Shot. Hi again. Welcome to another episode of Behind the Shot, the podcast where we try and get inside the mind of great photographers by taking a closer look behind one of their shots from conception to completion and all the challenges and stories and weird stuff that happens in between. Because as we all know, when was the last time planning ever worked on anything? And today I've got a guest that that brings those two words together. Rocket photographer. I never thought that I would would say those two words in a sentence, and I've been chomping at the bit for this episode for quite some time. Before we get to, to Eric, let me just let you know, we have relaunched. I am doing Behind the Shot on my own now, and you can find all the information, including a blog post associated with this episode, at BehindTheShot.tv. All the past episodes are linked to there as well, and of course, they head over to the This Week in Photo YouTube page. Uh, you can see some of the old episodes there as well, and I think they may still be up at the ThisWeekInPhoto.com site. But from this point forward, it's going to be at BehindTheShot.tv, and make sure if you were a subscriber to Behind the Shot when it was on the TWIP network... Make sure that you resubscribe so that you get all the new episodes right into your podcast app. And I'm also trying to, uh, I, this is never going to work. I'm trying to get the podcast up into the new and noteworthy in iTunes as I'm relaunching. You've only got like two weeks to do that or four weeks, something to that effect. But it, it it's based on the number of subscriptions and reviews and things like that. So if you head on over to iTunes and drop us a review and make sure that you subscribe, you, again, you can find all the info at BehindTheShot.tv. It would be much appreciated. So that brings us to today's guest. <clears throat> In what I shoot for a living, I will never get anywhere near what this person does. And I think to myself when I say rocket photographer, there's so many images that go through my head but nothing even that goes through my head that I could picture creating equals anywhere near what Eric can do. I'd like to welcome Eric Kuna to the show. Eric, how are you, buddy? Hey, thanks. Uh, glad to be here. Glad to have uh, be on the show. Yeah. I, I, again, you and I have talked on social media a little bit, yeah. and I'm a huge fan of your work. And there was one shot that I saw come through the feed. Uh, yeah. and, and, and I think it came up on Instagram, it might have been, I, I don't remember, which is the shot really that we're going to talk about today. Yeah. And before we get into it, I just want to spend a little bit of time kind of visiting you and who you are and what you do. So as I say, you are a rocket photographer. Do me a favor and explain that to me. Well, so um, I cover um, rocket uh, launches out of Kennedy Space Center over NASA, um, Cape Canaveral. Um, as well as um, up in Virginia, uh, Wallops Island. And um, I do that for um, various news agencies um, and online agencies that are in the space news uh, industry. So I um, get to go out there and shoot the launches and uh, document the launches for them so they can go, uh, you know, tell everybody about all the cool things that are going on with space. So you're not... You know, because a lot of people go shoot these things from the visitor areas, right? They'll set up tripods mm -hmm. and do all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. That's not, I mean, it's its you in a way, but you're actually being hired by the NASA's and SpaceX's of the world to, to photograph these and document them for their own internal either marketing or whatever the case might be. 
Yeah, well, a lot of what I'm doing is working for news agencies in that space. Um, not necessarily, I'm working with NASA or with SpaceX with credentialing. So all our credentialing goes through NASA and SpaceX. ULA is another one that we cover. Um, and we um, work with them to get these photos that we can share with the world about what they're doing, uh, what missions they're sending up, what what payloads they're sending up. Uh, you know, like uh, this week, they're sending a commercial resupply to the International Space Station. So I'll be over there in just a couple of days. You know, see, and again, some people photograph these from visitor areas. I understand all of that. Mm -hmm. But you have kind of an access point to something that I think almost all of us as kids we're all old enough to remember, or at myself, least be yeah, close I enough, the, the viewers, close enough to being old enough to remember the space race, right? And I know yeah. I am, as you can tell. Yeah. Um, when the U.S. declared, we're going to put a man on the moon and things like that. So I, I think many of us have always had this fascination with space, whether it be through movies or photography. You've worked, we mentioned SpaceX and NASA, but also... Uh, Orbital ATK, yep. uh, United Launch Alliance, and yep. some of the magazines that you do coverage for. Can you name any of those? Well, so um, I do stuff um, for Space News um, as well as um, Space Flight 101. Um, and I work with um, a couple other companies, uh, but um, nothing's come out yet. We haven't so done anything yet. Here's the other thing that's interesting to me about this. You work with them doing photography, but you also work with companies in the photography space. Correct. So correct. if I'm not mistaken, so you've like worked- My full-time job is not this, right? You know, so my full-time job is at Kelby One. So I, I, we're an online community where we teach photography, Photoshop, and Lightroom. And, and, um, and along with Kelby One though, you've also worked with, correct me if I'm wrong, B&H, I was researching you, B&H, yeah. uh, yeah. Google, Canon, Adobe. Yep. I think yep, Adobe we've too. worked with all those over the years. We uh, did a conference with uh, Google. Uh, we work with Adobe all the time. Obviously, we have a conference called Photoshop World, which Adobe is Photoshop. So we work with Adobe very closely on that conference. Um, we also teach in the Photoshop and Lightroom space. So we work closely with Adobe, uh, with Bode, uh, with uh, B&H, and uh, we do a lot of stuff with Canon as well. So, yeah. So let, let's go into... Let, let, let's touch a little bit on the, the Kelby end of things, right? What's your position with Kelby One? So I'm the vice president of operations. So okay. I'm the guy every day making sure that things are running. <laughs> it's funny. It just hit me, though. We're not that much unlike, right? You're shooting rockets. Mm -hmm. I'm a concert photographer. Neither one of those will pay your mortgage payment usually. No, they um, will not. You gotta have a full-time job as well. So with Kelby One, you mentioned Photoshop World, which for 2018 just finished. Do you know the dates yeah. for the next ones? Uh, well, 2019, we're in Orlando and we're back in Vegas. So we're doing two shows next year. So we went away, we were doing one show a year and now we're expanding back to uh, two shows. Uh, the dates uh, off the top of my head, it's um, um, the end of May. Uh, next year in Orlando and in August uh, in Vegas. If you go to photoshopworld.com, all the dates are there. Okay, so that's perfect. And and if you have not been to Photoshop World, it's kind of neat. It's on both coasts, so no matter where you live. But I got to tell you, 
if you've never been to Vegas, Vegas to me is the one to go to, right? Vegas Vegas is just a great place for a photography con- conference. Great food. Some of the best food in the country and the world is in Las Vegas. Uh, look at going to, to, to Photoshop World because it's a lot of fun. They have some oh, of the best instructors. Uh, my buddy uh, uh, Alan Hess used to do your concert yeah, concert pre-con. Um, yeah. So real quick, and just to finish up, up on the Kelby thing. Yeah, say that, say that again? Every year. Yeah, we switch it up every year. You know, we have uh, some years we have the concert photography. Other years we all have different pre-cons and stuff like that. But, you know, overall, um, yeah, the 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 show this year was um, was our highest, highest rated yet. So, I mean, it was great. And the survey data we just got back uh, last week, uh, we had like a 97% approval. Uh, which which oddly doesn't Bixby. surprise me yeah. because – Crazy. Knowing knowing Kelby won for so long, uh, when it comes to you know Scott going around and doing his his Lightroom workshops, uh, the classes, the books, the 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 conference as a whole, it really is. I'm trying to think of something else, but it really is kind of the the definitive online classroom training site for photographers, or or I should say for creatives more than photographers, because a little bit of everything, but. Uh, and I had your buddy on, uh, Scott Kelby was on. Scott, yeah. And I got to say, just really quick, two things, really. Scott Kelby, everybody thinks as one of the preeminent photography educators. But people forget he is also one of the preeminent photographers. Amazing. Oh, and his yeah. wife, Calibra. I follow Calibra on Twitter and Instagram. And if you are not following Calibra Kelby on, on Twitter or Instagram... She shoots with her iPhone better Amazing. than I can dream of shooting with an SLR. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, what she does with her iPhone is just amazing. And yeah, if you, you know, definitely check her out on uh, I know she was just, uh, they were in Norway and the shots she was getting from her iPhone were just incredible. It was like, well, I mean, it's just whatever camera you have, will get the shot. You just have to, you know, work it. Well, and, and so. the old saying is, whatever the camera is that you have with you is the best camera. Exactly. But usually for me, that's not true. <laughs> yeah. Well, there is limitations. I mean, that's where, you know, obviously with with what I do, there is certain things that I need a DSLR for. Right. But right. I love my iPhone. I love that camera. It's I'm telling great. you, the stuff that woman puts out is nothing mm-hmm. short of fascinating and she's agreed to be on yes. on behind the shot too down the road awesome. so that'll be awesome so let's get into your photograph here a little bit and before i bring it up sure. just i asked you if you had a name for this photograph and you said you don't name them per se with an official name you use kind of the launch site and and the project mm-hmm. that it was so the shot we're going to talk about today what is this from this is from uh, a uh, launch that uh NASA or SpaceX did for uh, SES satellites. So it's a company that's sending up communication satellites uh, in Europe. So it was the 12th mission. So it was SES 12 and um, it's a SpaceX launch on a Falcon nine rocket. And uh, it was shot from Jetty park in um, Port Canaveral. Okay. Which is the perfect, perfect segue to bring this shot up because when I saw this shot on Instagram, I immediately forget the photography end, right? The the young boy dreaming of rocket launches. This shot was everything 
I could imagine in a rocket shot. So let's get the technical stuff out first and then I'll drool over the shot a little bit more. You shot this with what body? So this was a 5D Mark III. Okay. And it was shot with a uh, 15 to 30 Tamron, uh, 2.8. 15 to 30? Yeah. Okay. It's a Tamron 15 to 30. Um, great lens, love that lens. I'm I'm um, curious before we go on from that lens. That it sounds like Tamron's version of almost like a 16 to 35. It is. Is it more yeah. towards the rect rectilinear end at the 15 millimeters, or is it more fishy? No, it's definitely uh, it's more rectilinear. I mean, it's it's a really really uh, it's it's what I wish the 16 to 35 was. So that's why I got it. Really. Yeah, so it's a big statement, now the 60, my friend. Yeah, I mean it, it really is. It's a it's a great lens. I've taken that thing all over the place. So do you know the price uh, point on that thing? It's about a thousand. About a thousand. Oh, so it's and half the price of the sixteen to thirty-five. Yeah. And you would you. Are, are you saying you would choose this lens over the sixteen to thirty-five? Um yeah, I don't know if Canon would want me to tell you that, but I would. I would, yes. That's that's an inter I'm gonna have to try oh. this thing. So what was the exposure on this? Do you know? So that is actually, uh, that shot is an exposure blend. So there's two exposures there. Um, there is uh, an exposure for the rocket streak, which was done at F22 um, at ISO 100 um, uh, for 231 seconds, which is the length of the first stage burn. So the rocket uh, lifts off and then the first stage goes up and burns for a certain amount of time. So I always have that time uh kind of dialed in so i know after that first stage burn and that stage separation that's when i knew i wanted to end the sh the streak shot is okay I, uh, wow okay two things one the fact that it's a, a two shot comp uh composite makes sense which we'll get into in a minute with you know you've got stars in there and stuff yes but and that's how you get the stars you couldn't get them without yeah exactly but 231 seconds now is mm -hmm. that information provided to you because you're shooting for the for the agency or is that information something anybody can find out anybody can find out it's all online i mean that they in fact you know one thing about spacex uh, especially spacex is they're very much into pr they're very much into an open book um, as long as it isn't a national security mission with some kind of classified information, right. um, they'll, they tell you exactly a play by play of when the first stage is going to uh, burn is going to be over when the second stage ignition is going to be, they tell you exactly the T plus T minus times. Um, and it's all online. Yeah. It's all available online. What, what, before we get into the second shot, XF data, what happens, what, what, what would I, what would I see differently? If, if the first stage burn is 231 seconds, and let's say that you, um, let's say that you exposed for 200 seconds when the first stage was 231, or that you exposed for 300 seconds when the first stage was, what would I see different in the picture if you didn't hit that? So, well, you, and you can play with those numbers, and I do it at occasion. I'm just trying to keep the streak in the shot for as long as I can. Um, trying to keep that full streak all the way up until the end. When that first stage um, stops its burn and then the second stage lights, it's usually so far up in the atmosphere you don't see as much of the glow, especially at the time we were at. 
So I just knew that, I mean, from previous shots that I've done, that that's about the time when I'm going to get the strongest streak that's going to remain. So, so it's professional experience. Yeah, it's experience. But you can really, I mean, kind of gauge by, you know, something in that 120 plus seconds is going to start giving you the curve. So you see how the, the oh, curve okay, of yeah. the rocket. You, you, um, so rockets, you know, they go straight up but then they start immediately curving because what they're doing is they're doing gravity assist. So they're basically, they have to launch out of the atmosphere. So they have to turn and use gravity to assist them of getting out of the atmosphere, um, getting into orbit basically. So, and, uh, so you have that curve and the curve's different for every launch. Well, That's which was gonna thing. be one of my questions. Shot yeah. number one being this, this rocket trail, this burn trail, mm -hmm. How did you know where where it was going to go? Because I, I I have the feeling you're about to tell me it was absolute magic that it landed on the perfect rule of third. No, it's never absolute magic with photography, right? I mean, at least my photography. A lot of it's planning. A lot of it's planning. I mean, yeah, but you I just said you didn't know where it was going to go. No, you do know where it's going to go. You know, you know the trajectory in which it's going to go. Um, you know um, the curve at which it's going to enter the atmosphere. So you can find all this stuff beforehand about the launch and know that, well, and I also, um, this shot actually started six months previous. So this shot started when I was over, I was actually in, uh, so I was at Jetty Park. So it's a, it's where Port Canaveral, it's where the cruise boats, if you've ever been on a cruise boat out of Port Canaveral, yep. it's where the boats pull in and out. Okay. Um, so I was there and I was actually photographing the uh, Disney boat leaving port. I was over there for another rocket launch. I was photographing the Disney boat leaving port. And I happened to watch out, walk out on the beach. I was walking down the beach. And then as I'm walking back, I saw this, this uh, lifeguard station, this lifeguard house. And I'm like, hmm, that'd be cool. Like, that'd be a cool foreground element. I wonder if that lines up with any pads over at Kennedy. So I pop out and I use photo pills. So I popped out photo pills, you know, GPS, my location, kind of like started figuring out. And I'm like, Ooh, you know, if they shoot something off of pad 40 and then they shoot it at night at the right time, that those two things are going to converge and that would be perfect. So then I kind of put that in my memory banks and I, you know, I have just like a file of just like shots that I've been thinking about and um, put that in my file. And then I knew on this SCS launch, it was like, it was going to be from pad 40. It was going to be in the middle of the night at the darkest time. And I'm like, there's my opportunity. That was my, that was the opportunity to do this shot. So I had to wait though, six months for the right opportunity because you shoot the rocket whenever it lifts off. You don't get to choose the time. I don't get to choose if it's in the right, middle right. of the night, if it's in the middle of the day or if it's at sunset. You know, yeah, we'd all choose to have them, you know, sunrise, sunset shots, but, you know, you can't do that. So you got to give, you got to do with, with what you're giving. And um, that's what this shot, that's what you see is that was planned from that pad because it would line up with that guardhouse, you know, and it would curve. And then the other thing is with the satellite launches, there tends to be a more of a arc or a curve to them, which I, that's why I went after that launch because there was more of an arc or a curve to the, uh, the way the um, rocket would curve up into the sky. So, you know, there's a lot of planning that goes into it. So 
obviously, again, still on shot number one. You're on a tripod mm-hmm. for 231 seconds. Mm-hmm. Do you, I'm just curious, do you use remote trigger or mirror lockup? A remote trigger, yeah. It's definitely, it's all on ball, you know, just a remote trigger on ball mode. I actually use a wireless trigger is what I do. So that way I don't even have to touch the camera, okay. you know, and inter- interact with the camera at all. Yeah. And do you set the mirror to lock up or not? No. Okay. No. Because it's bulb mode. It's so long. It's you're yeah. not going to, you're not going to actually so long. see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and honestly, when I first trigger it, it's when the rocket isn't even up in the sky and it's so dark that it's black. You know, when you first trigger it, you're triggering it when you first see the light of the rocket and it's still, I mean, out there for Florida, actually Jetty Park is pretty dark. Well then, yeah. Now that I think about it, 231 seconds, you know, this looks so light with the, with the lights in the, in the distance, but that's obviously 231 second exposure. But that, again, that's yep. shot number one. And in shot number one, I'm guessing you're mostly getting the lifeguard house, the arc, and the lights in the distance in the beach. It's correct. the stars that are the second shot, correct? Correct. correct. And that could be the- taken anywhere, anytime, or do you also tend to take it from the same location to get the right lighting direction? So I always want to... I- Every shot that I make, I, I try to do it at the time of the launch. I don't really want to like put in stars that weren't there or right. put in the sky that wasn't there. In fact, the star shot happened literally a minute after that streak was gone. I mean, it was, I basically got the star shot, took, I switched to the settings that I knew for I wanted the star, exposed the, exposed the settings. That's it. So what, you know, what would you the- have exposed the stars at? So the stars were at ISO 3200 for 20 seconds at F 2.8. Okay, yep. which makes sense. That's kind of a standard star, set. Of, star shot, yeah. Yeah, I mean, usually yeah. you hear 30 seconds, a lot of people say, but that if you go over 30, you'll get star trails. Correct. And that's why I stay at that 20 seconds, because I really want them to be spots, you know, like really just sharp points of light. Well, so just, and part of what I love, actually, uh, about the the com you know the the combination of the 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 rocket trail and the stars in this shot is that they're not overdone right so many people would have milky weighed it yeah yeah <laughs> and you would have exactly. gone well that's the same as taking a giant moon and dropping it in at the wrong size with the wrong light yep. uh, it it might look really cool but this this shot almost feels as though, and for those, I know some people listen on audio. I had somebody tell me the other day, I wish you would describe the shot because I listen on audio. So <clears throat> let me explain this shot to you. This is a beach scene where at just below the bottom rule of thirds is the horizon line of the beach. And on the left-hand side of the frame is, is a lifeguard stand that is at an angle from you know the, the wide angle that you're doing. And strangely right dead in between two of the rails of the walkway to the lifeguards. I mean, you could not have positioned that rocket any more perfectly exactly between those two rails. It comes up, curves over to the right, hits the top rule of third as it fades away. In the bottom left behind the lighthouse are these beautiful colored city lights that blend up into the sky, but then about midway point of that arc, it transitions to, and here's my my main thing, this beautiful, subtle, starry sky. It's not overcooked, it's not overdone, it's... You could look at this shot 
And I'm embarrassed now to say that I did and think it was done in one shot. Mm -hmm. In my head, it was, well, it's obviously a long exposure to get the rocket. So obviously during the long exposure, he managed to get some stars. It's it's so well assembled. Well, thank so, you. I appreciate that. Yeah. That's, Did, that's exactly what I'm going for. I mean, that's that's exactly that's my style that I, that I really that I've embraced that I love is I I love to push the envelope between realistic and surrealistic just far enough where it's still realistic. Like I don't want to push it to that surrealism or like where this couldn't happen. Um, but I kind of I, I just edit it as if this is kind of what I remember. Might Which makes be a sense, right, right. 10-15% further than what I remember because I like to like jazz it up a little bit. But um, now there is one thing that I have to, you know, in, in full disclosure uh, with this shot, Uh-oh. there's one other thing that I did, and that is that lifeguard station is light painted. So that was light painted in that shot as well. So I, when I was doing the stars, took a tungsten, I, I had tungsten gelled a, a flashlight and just streaked across that light guard station just a little bit just to bring that out into the foreground so there's the interesting yeah because and like i said that that for 20 seconds you continually light painted it no i did it for about five okay which is good for people to know because it would have been it would have been daylight at that point yeah i just wanted to just kind of touch it with a little light just to bring out that lifeguard station into the shot you know just enough um, what, what millimeter did you say this was shot at? Um, was it the 15? It was the 15, but I want to say I might've been at 17. I'd have to look at it. It's either 17 or 18. So still really wide. How close to you really are, how close to the lifeguard stand are you? Uh, oh, uh, maybe 10 feet. Okay. See, yeah. cause in the picture, this is the beauty of wide angle. You look wide like you're 30 feet like away. Forever. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, yeah. No, we, 10 feet. And I wanted to bring that out, be- and it was like you talked about. I I wanted the rocket to launch out of the almost like it was launching out of the lifeguard state station ramp, like it was running down and does. jumping out. You know, you didn't know it was going to be dead center between those rails, right? I I tried my best, and I actually did it. I so mean, that, that was, was a, that was a conscious effort, at least. Yeah, and like I said, that what saves me on that is my iPhone. And having the ability through things like photo pills to buy my position, really dial in how many degrees, like uh, I'm a little bit of a nerd, you know, um, and we all, well, yeah. And um, so I do, when I'm planning do a lot of that, where I look at angles and I look at that, some of it is luck though, where you just have to, you just know, like, I was like, that's what I wanted it to do. That's what it ended up doing. Like, Yes, I, I made it happen. But, you know, that a lot of that is I, you know, I couldn't do it without, you know, having that um, GPS coordinates and having that angle and and knowing if I position my camera here, the angle of the launch pad is going to be right through that guard station. And that's going to be exactly because I had I'd moved camera. I, so this was one of the so I had three cameras there because I had three shots that I wanted to do. And this was but this is the main shot I wanted to do. This is the shot in my head. You, so you took three cameras and did three different shots at the same time. That right there, my friend, is I brilliant. I did. Because yeah, I had that, my bets. That, that's called, you know, backup plan. 
Yeah. Well, it just it helps too because on this on this shoot, so I did not um, get credentialed for this launch because it was scheduled for during Photoshop World. So there was no way I was going to do it for during Photoshop World. We're so busy during Photoshop right. World. Even though it was the middle of the night, I wasn't going to get over to do it. But what ended up happening is this launch um, got delayed, so it didn't interfere. But I still was planning on going over and doing this shot, no matter if it was during Photoshop World, uh, because it was. This was shot at uh, like two thirty or twelve thirty in the in the middle of the the night. So okay. twelve forty one, I think, is exactly it. So you get these two shots back. Mm -hmm. You bring them up on the computer. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's a composite. Mm -hmm. What do you do to this in post? What what was done to this in post? Well, so uh, first with the um, streak shot, it was just leveling out the levels. And then I did have to, at that point, um, remove the star trails. Because with it being that long of a shot, I was going to have star trails in that shot. How unfor or Fortunately, there's only about six or seven stars that are bright enough to cut through that much, uh, you know. So I just had to remove a few star trails. Um, then on the star shot, yeah, because you it wouldn't. Was, uh, it just hit me. You were only at 100 ISO. Yes. So you you're not going to get, you know, this yeah. this milky bunch oh, yeah. of stars. Truthfully, if you like, when I got there before I took the shot, I had already set up. I knew what settings I wanted because I'd already run the 200. I had already run the test of that long. When I get to a location, uh, like we're doing in a couple of days, we've got a shot planned where we're going to go the night before. So, this I actually showed up early, spent some time and exposed. So, I knew that my base exposure, when I could get up to F22 and I could get it ISO 100, that my base exposure would be just enough just to see the detail of what the scene was. But then the rocket is actually the light in which lights the scene. So How a rocket you know is- it wasn't gonna be pitch black at F22 and ISO 100? Because I, I, I ran a test beforehand. Okay, I all right, literally cool. ran tests beforehand. I mean, to that's see if what you I, got horizon lights and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you get the you get the those those city you know like the pier lights that are out there and stuff. You get those, but I knew that'll be fine. Those will be fine. I just didn't want you don't want to make you want to make sure that your foreground that's going to be lit by the rocket is not being lit by something else. Right. You right. know, you want it to be lit by the rocket. And that's why you see. Uh, in the sand, you see all the light coming from the rocket. You see the shadows coming from the rocket, you know. So like what did you do to this, to the star shot? So the star shot was just, again, um, you know, enhancing, you know, enhancing the stars a little bit, bringing out the colors and the stars and, you know, um, but all that's done with, you know, uh, all that was on Lightroom, just, you know, using the develop module, you just, you know, do your, uh, you know, your settings for your exposure, settings I, a lot of times i'll use uh for that one i think i use a lot of hsl you know hue saturation luminance right. you know sliders to kind of enhance the color to where i wanted it um then took both of those shots into photoshop and then blended them and you sandwiched them in there yeah so all right here's the question then i've never shot a rocket launch mm -hmm. but obviously people can go during a, a launch to um you know, to Canaveral and go to the visitor center or, you know, stand on a beach somewhere. I mean, it's not like it's not visible. Uh, 
you know, here I was driving the road in Palm Springs when SpaceX sent up whatever it was, SpaceX nine. Yeah. And, and we saw it from everywhere. So if somebody wanted to try doing this, you know, we've got Vandenberg here too. Um, yep. If somebody wanted to try doing this and you were to give them, you know, one tip on how to get a better rocket photograph, I still love saying that. <laughs> What's your one tip? Um, well, the one tip that I would say is, well, one practice, you got to go out and do it. Um, that's really what, what it was with me, um, is really the practice and the application, but you really just have to know, um, the basics of the style of photography that you're going to do. So if it's a night shot, I'm going to tell people study night photography, study long exposures, because that's, that's, what's going to help you. If it's a day shot, you're going to need to know either, you know, how telephoto techniques or how to get yourself closer to a subject. Those are the two things, but that's like with this shot, anybody in the world has access to that location that I was at. There's not a single person. Well, that could have shot that, I guess if you couldn't get into America, that would be the only person that couldn't have right, done that. Right. Anybody in the world could have shot this shot. This, this is not access that this shot is. See, and that's, this that's shot part is of the reason I love shot. it. I also yeah, love this, it. And there, there's a number of things about this shot that I love. Again, it's that fairy tale kid thing to me of, of a rocket, but it's, it's also the, the colors and the combination and the everything about it technically and photographically is dead on. Beyond that, there is that fairy tale-ness of space that we all love. And of all the space shots that I've seen, and I've seen some really good ones. I had a guy uh, right before I the, the show ended on the This Week in Photo Network that you may know, James Nyhouse. Um, he also shoots for NASA. And I did some stuff with James, but I did one of his landscape shots. But he also does a lot of lot of mm -hmm. you know launch stuff. This shot captures just everything I think of in a rocket launch. You, you really do. You did a beautiful job on Thank this, you. Eric. Beautiful Thank job. So you. if people want to do what I do, which is browse and lose time browsing through your Instagram feed and your website, etc., uh, if if people want to find you, what's yep. your website? So website, everything is Eric Kuna. So E-R-I-K-K-U-N-A. So it's ericuna.com, at Eric Kuna, at Eric Kuna, at Eric Kuna. So it's E-R-I-K-K-U-N-A. Um, you go and to that's for, that, Instagram, that's for Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitter, yeah, everything. Everything. So okay. I, just, I just kept it simple. E-R-I-K-K-U-N-A. And then uh, your work stuff, obviously, you've got Photoshop World. What's that? Yeah, photoshopworld.com. Um, you can find out all the details there. And then um, Kelby1.com is the other big one. Okay. So people, I'm not kidding. We've all seen the rocket pictures, right? We saw them as kids even. And we've all watched at some point or another video of a launch. But some of his photography, you will, it's, it's, it's the perfect meeting of still photography and, and um, that mental dream, right? Where you'll see one of his pictures and you'll immediately feel like you're watching it launch. Absolutely amazing. Eric Kuna, Thank thanks you. so much for Thank being on you. Behind the Shot, man. Yeah, yeah.
I appreciate it. Thanks for having it's, me. It's been so good having you here. And, and again, I got to get some more people from Kelby on too. Again, my name is Steve Brazel. As always, you can find a blog post associated with, with this episode. It's going to be at behindtheshot.tv. Now, again, we've moved. <clears throat> I've gone out on my own. You can also subscribe at behindtheshot.tv and please go drop us a review. Tell your friends about it. I want to try and get as many places as, as I absolutely can. You can see more of my work at uh, stevebrazel.com. And then as far as, as social media stuff, we've got uh, Facebook is Steve Brazel Photography. And then both Twitter and Instagram are Steve Brazel. That does it again once, uh, uh, that does it once again. I'm having trouble talking after 30 minutes. That does it once again for uh, this episode of Behind the Shot. As always, we try and get inside the mind of great photographers by taking a closer look behind one of their shots. We'll see you next time. (laughs) 